Hey everybody and welcome back to the Punch Like a Girl podcast. I'm Nathaniel. And I'm Liz. And this time we're going to be looking at uh, one that Liz brought to the table and this is called All's Fair in Middle School. Fair spelled F-A-I-R-E. Now this is, I would consider this to be our first proper um, repeat creator. We kind of did it with Noelle Stevenson because we did Nimona and then we did Lumberjanes. But she did the designs and the, and the plotting on that. She didn't draw the book or do the actual scriptings. That, that was other people. This is Victoria Jameson who did Roller Girl, which was one of the first ones we looked at back when we started this thing. And we had guest star Sharon Colvin on that one. We did. So was there any particular impetus you had for wanting to do this one? Um, there was a couple, actually. Um, first of all, it is on the current um, Dorothy Canfield Fisher um, list for the state of Vermont. So again, that's the list that's for fourth through eighth graders. There's 30 nominated books every year. They vote in April. So it's on the most recent current list. Um, and it's the only graphic novel on the list this year, um, as far as I know. Um, again, I haven't looked at every single book, but as far as I know, it's the only graphic novel, which is a little different than when Roller Girl was on it, because I think Roller Girl was one of four graphic novels on the list that year. Mm. Um, so that was part of it. And also because it's summertime in Vermont and the Ren Fair is coming up in two weeks here. So I was like, let's, let's read this. It's timely. We'll be going to the Renaissance Fair, so... Yeah, not long after this episode airs, actually. Um, I'll be taking my daughter. You'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good time. It's Ren Fair season! Yay! So, yeah. Um, so this one is uh, not excessively dissimilar from Roller Girl in the structure, except it's almost kind of like Roller Girl in reverse. Um, in that Roller Girl was about... a. A girl in late grade school, early middle school, who about the same age, yeah. yeah, who got involved in an activity <coughs> outside of school. This one is about a young girl who is doing what most people would consider an outside of school activity, and then starts doing school um, because we are dealing with is it Imogen or Imogene? Imogene. Imogene. Her, her nickname is adorable. It is Impy. That's probably what I'll call her. Um, uh-huh. I so, love it. So we have Impy, whose family, um, ha, you know, is very dedicated to. This takes place in Florida. Is very dedicated to the uh, Renaissance Fair that happens there. They're not one of the folks who travels around to different fairs. They they do just do the local one, but it's a very big part of their lives. She's been homeschooled up to this point, and she is now for sixth grade going to start going to middle school. And it's about her trying to figure out how that works. Yes. And, uh, yeah. It's kind of like Mean Girls for, like, the younger set mixed in with, like, a Renaissance Fair. It really did remind me in parts of Mean Girls. Well, there's certainly some elements, and we'll get into those, that are are very similar. And I'll I'll just kind of lead with the... With the punchline with this for me, I like this better than Roller Girl. I thought you might, and I was going to ask you that. I had a feeling you would. I thought you would um, empathize more with Impy than with. I mean, um, 
Astrid. Fairly significantly so, but I think here's a big part of why, at, at least for me as someone who did not have the experience of being a girl in middle school. <laughs> it's an experience, I, all right. I believe you, but as someone who didn't have this experience, w what helped me a lot with this one was that because this was MP's first go at that social structure, she was as confused by all this <laughs> weird drama and rules that she doesn't understand as I was. And that immediately made me empathize with her a lot more, but it also made me feel like, oh, this is supposed to seem ridiculous. Good. She thinks it is too. Awesome. And that was a much better hook in for me than Roller Girl where Astrid herself was often the source of the drama going on. Um, Impy I mean, makes mistakes, don't get me wrong, but in terms of the social friend, oh, she's frenemy not, drama, she is, not, she stumbles she's into that. Instigator, really. Yeah, never. Well, almost never. Yeah. I mean, she definitely does make some poor choices, but they're very understandable, and sometimes she is blatantly set up to fail. Oh yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned it, so we'll we'll get to this right off the bat. There is very much a set of, of I think it is actually three girls as well, who basically are the mean girls mm -hmm. from that movie. You, you have- Mika is Regina George. <laughs> yes, yes. Mika is, is the popular, wealthy, one who basically dictates all the rules and makes fun of Impy for not wearing the kinds of clothes that everyone else is wearing. And the minute Impy gets clothes that are what everyone else is wearing, she makes fun of her for not being original and not being herself. Well, I mean, it, it is <laughs> horrid because it is the worst possible scenario in that Impy has gone to a thrift store and gotten Mika's old jeans. Yeah, well, yes, that it, do, it does ramp that up. That is like the worst. That is just a worst nightmare scenario in middle school. Um, and as someone who was sort of socially aggressive in middle school, I, I not so much in sixth grade where I was picked on a lot, but by the time I went to a new middle school in eighth grade and I was like one of the leaders, I don't know all the roles either. So, and I was constantly confused, even though I was making up some of the roles as I went along, <laughs> they're still very confusing, even if you're the leader among them and you're you're also miserable even if you're the one making other people miserable that's pretty much how middle school goes yeah yeah i don't know I, if I, this is bad for boys but well, oh my gosh sixth grade was awful but that's because the school i was at was awful seventh and eighth grade were great because riverside I, yeah we went to the same middle school by the way yeah i know we've never we've never mentioned that yes um yeah seventh and eighth grade we were, we <laughs> they were, were significantly better because we both went to seventh and eighth grade for riverside so, yeah. yeah yeah so we were at the same private school for that but i mean i was pretty happily oblivious to a lot of things, seventh and eighth grade. You had magic to play. I did. I had, I had so much Magic the Gathering to play. I know. It was real. So it was super important. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, so some of the other kids. Actually, the other thing that I was kind of nicely impressed by because we have a we have an antagonistic character set up fairly early on, uh, Doctor McGregor. <laughs> not not do, not Doctor McGregor, Doctor McGregor, Doctor. because he's he's her science teacher, uh, 
And one of the first things he says is, my name is Dr. McGregor, not Mr. McGregor. I did not go to school for eight years to be called Mr. McGregor. And very funnily, in the very next panel, he's missing his mustache. <laughs> You're right. Didn't notice that. Did you? I noticed that immediately. Oh, really? Where did it go? <laughs> He had to twirl it evilly, and then he was like, oops, it fell off. <laughs> I twirled, twirled, it, I twirled too it too hard. Um, but he's very much set up as That's funny as the as the jerk teacher, the guy who, oh, prob gosh, who probably fell into teaching. It wasn't what he wanted to do, but it's what paid the bills. Um, he, and, and he is... Or he's been there too long. Sometimes that happens. Possibly that. Possi possibly both. both. Yeah. Um, he very much has expectations of these kids in terms of their level of engagement and respect that is not reasonable to have of, of middle schoolers. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, especially when you finally um, in be kind of back doors into a point that he was making, he's he does he is kind of paying attention and trying to give them useful lessons. Like, even life lessons in a very jerkish way. Yeah. And what I mean by that, he, he assigns uh, Impy to do something on Copernicus and keeps asking her, why do you think I gave you this? And she doesn't figure it out till significantly later mm -hmm. because the Copernican model of the universe meant you are not the center of the universe. <laughs> so... <laughs> He was trying to teach her a, a lesson worth learning. He was a jerk about how he was trying to impart that, but I, I do th just that little bit gave a little bit of a little bit of a layer to him that I wasn't expecting to see. Mm. Um, so that was I mean we're gonna jump all over with this thing. Speaking of um, metaphors, I really like the whole hers learning how to embrace each of the archetypes of the Ren Fair. <laughs> Um, and emphasizing with them at different points. So, like, um, you know, first, I think she sees herself as the hero going off on a quest to middle school, and isn't it scary? And then for a while she feels isolated. Well, when she gets in trouble for a while. Um, and she's a hermit. And then she realizes how mean she's been, and she's a dragon slash villain. And then finally, she learns kindness and practicing kindness. And she's like, "Oh, maybe the princess isn't so bad after all." So, and um, I mean, she kind of knows and puts other people in those roles in various points of time um, in the story too. Yeah, the the Renfair <laughs> background. It's it's her. Her trying to process middle school is done through the filter of of the Ren Fair, of her knowledge of how those roles work, because she gets how that world works. So she keeps trying to interpret and she keeps kind of putting a, a, a Renaissance Fair filter over things. And I think it works really well. I mean, Victoria Jameson, I think it mentions that she worked at a Ren Fair for a couple summers and she knows her stuff, um, whether it's like, the different storylines that are used, the language that's used, the acting advice that she's given, um, that little MP's given. Um, she knows it well. So I, I, it's, and it works well for middle school because yeah, I mean, you are pretty much at one point in your life or another, you are 
told you are something. You are a victim or you are a, you feel more heroic or you are a villain in, to someone that you have done wrong or feel, or who feels wrong. So I think it works really well. And I, it's just fun too. It, 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 it was a, I think it was a really good way to frame what is on paper a, a kind of typical middle school drama story mm-hmm. but um i even saying that i feel like that sells it short because framing it and putting it through the lens of the ren fair and also plus a lot of these characters are just great characters can we talk about her family oh my god her little <laughs> brother is wonderful he is ridiculous he runs around in his underwear all day and puts on a yoda mask and greets people <coughs> well he opens it i guess for his sister in a yoda mask and has a stuffed squirrel that he carries everywhere that is his a, a very just, beaten up stuffed squirrel uh, yeah that is named tiffany named tiffany which is just a great ridiculous loved stuffy name so um yeah i i i think I like the mom and the dad a lot too, but Felix was one of my favorite characters. I I really I mean this probably won't shock you. I gravitated a lot towards her father, um, mm-hmm. who is a guy that uh, he at the Ren Fair he basically always plays the villain. So if you've ever been to a Renaissance fair, they they tend to have storylines. I mean, all, a lot of the people who work there obviously have characters and and uh, archetypes that they're playing. But there is usually a storyline going on with some kind of villain, usually someone who's trying to usurp the throne in some way. So her dad all pretty much always plays the villain uh, at the Ren Fair, and he has a fairly mundane day job, basically working at a pool spa place. Yeah. And but he obviously really loves doing this, and he kind of revels in it, and he really bonds with his daughter through it as well. It's her first acting gig, you know. She's a squire, so she's she's been promoted. Um, usually, she has been helping her mom at the shop, um, and is stuck there with Felix, her brother, who you know uh, really idolizes Impy. And really cares about her, but she's, you know, he's the pesky little brother to her. To to her, he's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, Which I could see. I mean, I, of course, found him adorable and endearing, but to a 12-year-old girl, yeah, he would probably be kind of annoying. He honestly, he he pushed it for me a little bit. I know you found him adorable, but I couldn't help but think... I wouldn't want to be trying to wrangle that kid. Oh, I know. He's got a lot of energy. So, like, I... <laughs> yeah. I, I really did sympathize with her in terms of having to put up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've also got... They've got people um, involved in the Ren Fair who are so close, they're practically family. They have... Yeah, there's a lot of good people in there. Well, I really like Cussie. I was going to say, we Cussie... <laughs> Custy's great. Who is the uh, she? Her character at the Ren Fair is the hermit. Um, she is great at throwing out the uh, medieval, um, <laughs> like insults. Though. Yes, that is her main. It's it's medieval cursing that does not use any of our modern swear words, but she's she's swearing. <laughs> oh, it's it's great she, creative swearing. She's, she's swearing in ye old English all the time, and it's great. It's really amusing. Um, she's very. And she's really looks out for Empy. Um, 
kind of with a little bit of tough love here and there. Yeah. Yeah. I and had some good advice, especially at the end. But also I was looking through my notes and, you know, she's one of the first ones to give her advice about patrons and acting and interacting with people. She is. She yeah. is. Um, you know, I think we, we kind of glossed over it, I think, because we've talked about uh, Victoria Jameson's work before. But in, we are on a new network now. So for anyone who didn't listen to that old episode, um, let's talk about the art for a bit. Um, I really like the border pages and how they had the, like, you know, style of the, um, Renaissance, you know, with the little herald bunnies and with dragons and, like... Yeah, on the, on the, on the chapter markers. Yep, and then the letters that gave information to, like, the, I forget what it's called, where they do one letter in, like, gilded. Yeah, the big, huge, ornate letter to start things off. (laughs) Um... So yeah, and other than yeah, that, yeah, the style is similar to Roller Girl. It's not super detailed. It's kind of... It's, it's, it's emotive, though. Yeah, it's emotive. Um, similar to Rena Telgemeier's as well. So. Yeah, it's not... Um, I mean, it's, it's good art. It's not gorgeous art. It's not anything that you would like go, like, stop and stare at. Um, for any particular length of time, but it 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 flows well. It progresses. There's a there's a real good sense of pacing from panel to panel. It's it's it is well done art, and the art style is very appropriate for the story being told. Yeah, and it's age appropriate art. I mean, that's kind of the style they're used to in the graphic novels they read. There aren't too many panels and any. Thing. It's not overcrowded. The text is not overcrowded. I, th- I do feel like it's very well paced. And I think even though I was a little more intrigued by the actual world of, like, Roller Derby and Roller Girl, I think this, um, as a framework and as a story, flows a little better. I think it does, too. I remember reading Roller Girl and having, like, having points at which I, like, I wanted a break from it yeah i think i read this one a lot quicker i i read this in two sessions i think it took me three or uh, actually probably four or five to get through roller girl and not that roller girl was bad but this one i i stopped reading because i had other stuff i had to do not because i needed a break from from the book i wanted to keep reading Mm-hmm. I think Empy is a little more of a sympathetic character and a little more accessible. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if we're going to compare to Astrid, and because this was something I mentioned back when we talked about this, how much it infuriates me when I watch characters do stupid things, even when I know why they're mm-hmm. doing that. I hate having to suffer through what I know is faulty logic. Mm-hmm. Um, especially from a, from the character we're supposed to be sympathizing with. Mm-hmm. It's the reason I, I can't stand the fifth Harry Potter book. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, again, here, just the fact that she is new to middle school and new to this kind of social structure makes it much more forgivable. She's doing what I know are stupid things, but she is also not someone who should know better. Like, Astrid drove me nuts at points because I, I found myself going, if you stop for just two seconds, mm-hmm. you have the information and the experience base that you should realize how stupid this is. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. So I, I can't get mad at her when she missteps. 
Yeah. And, I mean, like, with the case of the artwork that gets spread around the school, that's, I think, what reminded me of Mean Girl, because it was the yeah, burn book it, and everything. It was the burn book in, um, in, in, <laughs> in, in sketch form. In, yeah, essentially. Um, I think she was so deliberately set up by Mika. Like, I couldn't yeah. really blame her. Or if the fact that you took the... Some of the artwork was just taken out of context. Yes, it was mean, but, like, it wasn't like she was sitting there dueling it on her own. She was kind of egged on by all her classmates that she was trying to please to do it, you know, and to do characters and of, of people. So, um... Now I can't remember the friend's name at the end. What, Anita? Anita! I really liked Anita, too. Yeah, Anita Anita is, throughout the book, kind of the... Basically, the isolated smart girl. The girl who's decided that she's going to focus on her studies and not play this social game. And is kind of voluntarily a bit of an outcast for that reason. And I think, too, because she had tattled on them in fourth grade. And even in the very, like... Towards the beginning of the book, you know, MP's like, why aren't they over this? This happened two years ago. Like, why are they still being mean to her? I, I mean, I think, honestly, I think it's a, that's largely a smokescreen. That's their excuse. Mm. I do think it is just her refusal to... Play their game. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think that's, that's what's really going on. But she, um, she was an interesting character because she is, she is someone who... Um, when NPCs are at the Ren Fair, which is obviously something she enjoys, it's she feels like she's almost seeing a completely different person because mm -hmm. she's seeing her somewhere where she's happy to be. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's very clear that Anita, you know, focuses on her studies and cares about her studies, but probably doesn't want to be in that building. No, <laughs> no. I can't really blame her given some of the no, behaviors. No, I can't either. Oh, the other thing I want to be sure I point out um, before we forget. Uh, there is a kind of a night because Impy and I, I do appreciate this in and of itself that she wants to be a knight you know defying the standard gender stereotype I appreciate that inherently but I also like that there is basically somebody making the case for the princess I know I really do like Violet too and I like that it takes the whole dang book for Impy to run to warm up to her Due in large part because she has a crush on um, Violet's um, boyfriend. Yeah. And, you know, and there's the, I met him first, even though I'm 12 and he's in his early 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, what are you doing here? <laughs> Age-appropriate girlfriend. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Uh. How dare you hone in on the guy I see, like, for two months of the year who's you know, at least eight years older than I am. <laughs> Minimum. Uh, yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I don't get much of a sense of kit of, of the Ren Fair people. I really like Violet and Cussie, and yeah. we get to know them better. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that she has an appreciation for Violet at the end. Um, I like Sasha too, and I had a sense of Sasha being the one that was kind of gonna be a true friend within that group. Yeah, so Sa Sasha was one of one of Mika's kind of minions, but she was the one who would 
basically every now and again pipe him and go, actually, I kind of like that right after Mika says how stupid something is. So, Or she, and there was a couple times when they were starting to um, outcast um, MP that she would try to stick up for her. And like, there's one point where Mika's like, don't do that. And Sasha's like, nope, I'm going to listen to MP. <laughs> um, so even though she is a follower, you can see her kind of starting to push against the the bounds that Mika's trying to place on her and the group. So she she's she's got her own mind in there. It's just kind of she she doesn't want to be an outcast either, which is a very understandable thing in middle school. Yeah. Um I mean, yeah. I think I I don't think I've got anything else that I wanted to be sure to bring up. This was this was fun. <coughs> I enjoyed I of the of the middle of the late grade school, early middle school aimed um, books that we've read for this podcast so far, this one's my favorite. Yeah. So I I liked this more than Ghosts. I liked this more than Roller Girl. I liked it more than... El Defo? Sunny Side Up. I think I like it more than El Defo. El Defo's your second. Yes, yeah. El Defo would be second. It's but pretty cute. I think um, this is my favorite of those sorts of types of thing. I think I still like El Defo a little more because it's just such a it is its own unique story and bunnies um, but <laughs> yeah All's Fair I'm very fond of and I like oh and one other thing I want to mention I like that there's sort of a middle school crush that she has and she doesn't really know what's going on with this boy and they kind of tease each other but it doesn't overtake the storyline ever. No, it, it never does. It's just kind of a, uh, it's just kind of there, which is kind of what middle school crushes are like. As long as you don't let it take over your life, it's just kind of there. It's like ooh, and and it's a thought or two for the day. But yeah, it's it's kind of silly, giggly stuff. That's how I remember my middle school crushes, anyways. So um, yeah, I mean, I think it was. A lot of fun, and I think it really worked well as a whole. So, I think I, I, I agree with that. So, we're going to take a quick promotional break, and then we will be right back with listener feedback. Hi, John. Hi, Maggie. I'm still wrapping my brain around the fact that we're married. <laughs> Me too, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Aw. Oh, hey, I was looking at these old comics, and I noticed that there's Hold a Hold that thought. Why don't we talk about it on our podcast? We have a podcast? It seems like the logical next step. We get married, we change our names, we combine our comic collections, we start a podcast about comic books. Well, I can't fault your logic, but there are plenty of podcasts out there already. Do you really think we'll have anything new and interesting to say? Oh, I think we'll manage. Welcome to the Married with Comics podcast, where we constantly f*** up. <laughs> it goes from Marvel Girl to Phoenix to right. Marvel Girl to Jean Grey, to Phoenix, to Dead. Um, and then apparently he's so consumed with his own thoughts that he runs right past three monkeys. <laughs> in an a brainwave camera took a picture of that guy's head. A brainwave camera. Oh, and Ben's just basically, whatever you gotta do to stop the commies, Nick. So join us at the Married with Comics podcast. We're two newlyweds with a love for comics intelligently, critically, and thoughtfully discuss comic books. 
Also listen as we goof around, make jokes, and make fun of John for mispronouncing names. I do that a lot. Sometimes we'll pick a topic and review and discuss comics that relate to the topic. And sometimes we'll pick up a comic and see what discussion topics come up. Sometimes we'll spend an entire episode talking about how much Maggie loves Batman. The only thing that's almost as strong as my love for you is my love for Batman. The Married with Comics podcast. Available directly on our site at marywcomics.lipson.com, on iTunes, and wherever good podcasts are found. Also, check us out at Facebook at the Married with Comics podcast. We've got everything you need. Okay, so we've got listener feedback on the previous episode in which we read The Unstoppable Wasp, Volume 1. Uh, we had a number of comments left on the Fire and Water uh, Podcast Network page for the episode, which is, of course, at fireandwaterpodcast.com. First one is from Brian Linton, who said, I was checking our local library's online catalog for the Unstoppable Wasp while listening to the episode. It looks like we'll have... It looks like we'll have to get it by interlibrary loan from another branch, but it sounds like it'll be worth the wait. My wife and I are both scientists in training, if not by trade, and we are always looking for positive depictions of female scientists to show our daughter. To be clear, I'd be perfectly happy if my daughter grows up to become something other than a scientist, say a writer or artist, as long as she's writing or drawing comic books. <laughs> Thank you for the new reading recommendation. Well, you know, Brian, I, I think it's nice that you're that you're getting her nice and boxed in where you want her to be early on. That's very important in raising kids, <laughs> I think. Um, seriously, though, I think that I think that's that's really cool that we could, you know, recommend something to you because I think Nadia is a a nicely inspiring scientific young lady. And we will have Moon Girl up on the docket soon, too. Yes, yeah. Her appearance in that, um, which went over so well, mm-hmm. um, has has bumped Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur up on the docket. We'll be getting to that one sooner than we might have otherwise. And also because I finally found my copy of it again. That helps. It always helps. That helps, too. It's, it's always easier for us when... When we each have a copy of something, as opposed to we have to keep shuttling something back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, next comment is from Ryan Daly, and he says, While the character Nadia was created just within the last two years, her mother, Maria Trevea, Maria Trevea Pym, is not a retcon for the series. As far back as the original Wasp, Janet Van Dyne's first appearance in Tales to Astonish back in the early 60s, Hank Pym had a previous marriage before he met Jan. He married a Hungarian woman who was murdered during their honeymoon. This was a, this was established continuity. That Maria was pregnant when she was killed, however, and that the child Nadia survived and grew in the Red Room. Yeah, that is all new material. That's really cool, actually. That's yeah, that's the kind of behind it. That's um that's my favorite kind of retcon as opposed to just inserting something that was just never there, finding some obscure thing that nobody ever did anything with and finding use with it. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So thanks, Ryan. Yay, Ryan! <laughs> Way to do your research so that we don't have to. <laughs> I would not be shocked if he knew that off the top of his head. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> You clever duck. So next up, Tim Price. So Tim says, okay, Liz, 
You convinced me. I will share this one with my girls and see what they think. I had a lot of fun with that. Nadia. Uh, and he says, actually, I was already thinking that from both of your comments, but how can I ignore it a per how can I ignore a personal plea like that? I see Nadia's appearance. Uh, I'd seen Nadia's appearances in all new, all different Avengers and the following series, and like her, but somehow let her solo series fall off my radar. Time to correct that, indeed. Uh, he then quotes me for a moment. He says, "Don't pra when I said, uh, don't praise me for doing the bare minimum." <laughs> and Tim says, but Nathaniel, that's who I am. Like Nadia, I'm just naturally a cheerleader, an old, balding male cheerleader. <laughs> but um, that's not a... the best kind. <laughs> well, he says that's not a good image at all. Never mind. We dispute that. We think yes. that is a glorious image. There should be more cheerleaders like that. Absolutely. My dad could be a cheerleader your like dad, that. Your dad would be the cutest cheerleader that ever was. He would be pretty adorable, yep. Um, and Tim concludes, thanks for the shout-out, punchers. You're the best. You're the best, Tim! Yay, thank you, Tim. Oh, by the way, Nathaniel's reading all of them because I'm coming down with a cold, and I could just hear my voice, like, do this weird crack thing. I think, well, they might have noticed your occasional cough during the... Yeah, that's true, During too. the first chunk of this. Um, so finally, uh, Rob Kelly... Uh, said, thanks for highlighting this series. I had no idea it existed. The Wasp has been around so long. The Wasp in general is a character, not Nadia specifically, obviously. The Wasp has been around for so long and ha and been, in my opinion, generally underappreciated, so it's cool she's finally got to headline her own series and next month co-headline a movie. As a kid, The Avengers was probably my favorite Marvel title, and I always liked her presence in the book, even if she was frequently outshined by world beaters like Thor, Iron Man, etc. Yeah, and again, that's the that is the kind of thing that I like. I I do I do enjoy when new characters get introduced, but it is nice when characters who maybe haven't quite gotten their due get a proper. Um, focus on them and the wasp is kind of both because it's a mantle for a character that maybe deserved better than she got even though the specific person now carrying that mantle is new ah uh, yeah yeah that's true in both the movie and the bookcases yeah yeah because it's 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 not <coughs> janet van dyne in the movie although we'll be getting janet van dyne in the movie um, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Yay! I love her. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that. Yes, I still need to see Ant Man, but yeah. I'm not sure you do. Oh. But I mean, not that not that it's bad, but I it's it's so basic plot wise. I think you can probably go into Ant Man and the Wasp and get what's going on really easy. Okay then. That so, might be easier than an that. Yeah, that sound. I'm not an enormous fan of Ant Man, but it's a perfectly fine movie. I don't I don't want to sound like I'm trying to warn anybody off it, but I really get the impression that it's not necessary um, in terms of understanding the new one. So that'll do it, I think. Yay! So that'll be it, folks. Uh, next time, have we picked what we're? Yeah, doing? we did. We're doing Tucker. That is, that's right. We are we are doing a volume of Trekker as provided to us by the Sutherlands. So there's a lesson for you. Send us something and uh, send... We'll get it to it like over a year later. <laughs> send, send two copies, even better shot. 
as was mentioned. Um, seriously, if you do want to send us stuff and, and to try and bump stuff up the docket, you can send it to um, Punch Like a Girl, P.O. Box 4429, St. Johnsbury, Vermont, 05819. Um, I'll put that in the... In the uh, notes on the for the episode as well but i think we'll wrap it up there so we'll see you folks in a month bye punch like a girl is a council of geeks production this show is presented on the fire and water network and feedback can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com you can also follow us on twitter at punch like a girl one the theme music is composed and recorded by Erica Dreisbach, whose other works can be found at ericaricardo.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye!